It is Locked on Jazz for the 23rd of September. Boyan Bogdanovich reportedly traded to the Detroit Pistons, but the Jazz didn't get a pick. How come and why would they do the deal? Darren Williams with the old, they won't come to Utah. Important to think about, but must be put in context. Cody Zeller represents a new era of centers for us, and camp opens Monday. It is Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. And trying to make it better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and we are available on all podcast platforms or apps and on YouTube for you. All right, uh, YouTube question of the day. We probably, I want to do this as part of the show today, but things got kind of screwed up yesterday. Uh, And that is... Your, if you could buy any old jazz-worn jersey, Michael Jordan's jersey just sold the other day, what would it be? So jazz-worn jersey, if you could get it, buy any old game day from a specific game, player, what would it be in YouTube? Or hit me at DLock09 on uh, the Twitter, and we'll try to jump on that. I, I owe you guys shows. I apologize. I can't really... Yesterday was kind of a mess. I actually recorded two shows. Various things happened. Um, hard to get into. I just wanted to apologize. So there's no need for excuses or um, explanation, but just to apologize to you that uh, yesterday I was I had two shows. I, I should have posted one and then come back to the other. And, uh, just It got all screwed up. So my bad. All right, let's get to it. There are reports. Uh, Shams reported that the Utah Jazz have traded Boyan Bogdanovich to the Detroit Pistons. To Kelly for Kelly Olynyk, Sabian Lee, and nothing else, and that I think was the biggest surprise to Jazz fans. Let's just for a second, kind of we've gotten used to this. But I love Bogey. Um, I've, I've said this a lot. If I had a playoff dark alley, Bogey's the guy I wanted to walk through. Game winner in Houston, game winner uh, left corner against Milwaukee, Steely. Uh, my favorite Bogey story is that I think his very first game he ever plays for us, he sprains his ankle. He goes the second game. The Jazz, He had played 82 the year before. The Jazz sit him in the second game and were, I think, playing a back-to-back back at home for our third game of the season. And the trainers come up to Bogey, and Bogey, in his um, Bosnia-Herzegovina accent, which I can't do, uh, says quietly, I gave you one game. And uh, it was like, I'm playing. And that's just the deal. And then the dude plays with a broken finger, basically, in incredible pain uh, throughout uh, a season. He plays with a, bro- a a wrist injury that he ends up having surgery on before the bubble. And, you know, on the what-ifs on this Jazz run, what if Bogey was healthy for the bubble? Like, you beat Denver, you play a dysfunctional Clipper team. I You know, again, like, I think we're going to live in a little bit of constant wondering over, you know, as we go through this process about how things didn't happen right and it didn't happen for us um, with this group. But that's certainly a big one 
is Bogey not making it to the bubble because of the surgery and and then we lose, you know, in game 7 and frankly we we really lack some toughness in that series. The first half, you know, if, if we go through this is kind of off beat, but if we go through the most disappointing parts of the that era, the first half of game 7 to me in the bubble, Denver is like the mentally weakest performance the Jazz had even the Clipper loss and is probably the the area where maybe the most disconcerting performance. Like game seven, you've had a 3-1 lead. You've lost two games in a row. They got Gary Harris back and then you come out flat. Like, whoa. Like that to me is like the one that just kind of will always jump out. We, You know, I, I just wonder if you have Bogey, are you still coming out flat? You know, Bogey's the one who picks up Luca for 94 feet. Like the dude's a stud. Love Bogey. Um, and so, you know, hey, tip of the hat, um, and, and all. And so it's weird. The Jazz get a first round draft pick for Royce O'Neal, who ranked, I believe, 94th out of 100 in pick and roll defense last year because he's a defensive stopper. Huh? The Jazz get four first round draft picks for Rudy. They get three for Donovan, and they don't get a first round pick for Boyan Bogdanovich. If you are buckled, I get it. Like, according to the reports, the Jazz are not getting a first-round pick for Bogey. Like, if that has you confused, I'm 100% understanding of why that has you confused. The first, it is it is surprising, and then you start to look at the landscape and the timing and the contracts and all of the items that have to happen to get one of these deals done, and it starts to make sense. It starts to be understandable. To make sense would imply the NBA is filled with logic. And frankly, you know, the Royce O'Neal first round draft pick and the Boyan Bogdanovich no first round draft pick don't make any sense to me. Uh, let's just like, I, I'll go, I'll be there with you. Like, I don't know how the Jazz got a first round pick for Royce O'Neal coming off the year he had. Uh, other than, you know, Brooklyn lost Bruce Brown and was maybe desperate. Uh, and I'm, I'm not, I'm stunned that a guy, you know, hey, he's a, 30-plus-year-old, one-year rental, I got it. But he's one of the elite shooters in the NBA at six foot eight, plus 40% three-point shooter. He's he's never going to be a problem. He's going to come to work every day. He's going to do his job. He's not getting in his way. He's wearing his all-black outfit and just showing up in dark mode all the time. Love bogey. It's a little surprising. If the Jazz, in fact, did not get a pick for bogey, as all the reports seem to say. Um... One of the things that's most surprising about it to me is the Lakers. I'm flabbergasted. This is just me speaking. I'm flabbergasted that the Lakers seem to be going to camp with Russell Westbrook. I'm equally flabbergasted that the that they are holding, they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and I would project them to be eighth or ninth in the West right now. And they are not willing to give up picks or enough picks to get a deal done for a combination of players that frankly I think vaults them possibly into the top five if if you put I don't know what the combination would be but Boyan Bogdanovich along with some combination of Mike Conley Malik Beasley or uh, Jordan Clarkson and I am putting the Lakers right up there with Minnesota Denver Memphis not right now. I have them on the outside, and frankly, I'm not. You know, I don't know where Phoenix can be with Chris Paul getting old. 
I think the Warriors are going to be great, but I don't know how seriously they take the off the season. Um, so I, you know, part of me kind of wonders there. Uh, there's a lot of conversations we'll have next week. Like I, I'm running some numbers, looking at some stuff. I, I'm not entirely sure Minnesota's not going to be the one seed. I, I'm not entirely sure they're not going to be the best regular season team. I think the one seed's like wide open. I just don't think the Lakers are, you know, the Clippers are the team that's the best team in the league record roster wise. How many games is everybody playing? I'm not entirely sure the Warriors are putting the throttle down in the regular season. You know, the Suns, Chris Paul's got to be getting slowed down at some point. So I feel like the West regular season is wide open for Denver and Minnesota to go grab it. If the Lakers go add Boyan Bogdanovich and some of those guys, it's wide open. And now you've got the Lakers not willing to give up first-round picks. They've got LeBron and Anthony Davis. How are you not willing to go all-in when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis? I'm flabbergasted by this flabbergasted like if their model is we're not going to start Russ he's going to be so pissed we're just going to let him go and that gives us cap flexibility whoa cap flexibility you have LeBron and Anthony Davis and you're Los Angeles so the fact that the Lakers you know weren't willing to to unload prevents the limits the market for bogey and that's the impact now should have the Jazz done all that and take one first round pick for those and maybe you know maybe could have they got a pick swap also I I don't know whether they could have gotten those I'm not in those conversations but I, I will be interesting to see in retrospect ten months from now if the Jazz end up moving all of these guys all four of these guys you know what is the collection over time so why do this deal if you're not getting a pick why do this deal well one I think there's a decency I think it's interesting to me that both Jordan and Mike are here and the Boyan was not like I think they're probably some really good high-level professional communication between everybody there. And so, you know, that move was going to get made. Um, The other one is that's interesting here is that when you're making a trade, uh, you have to match salaries. Well, Boyan Bogdanovich is making real money, right? So Boyan Bogdanovich uh, is an expiring contract. You still have to match the deals. And he's making $20 million. So... The Jazz have to take back $20 million. And unless you find a team that has a unique cap situation, which is what the Jazz just did. So the first one is, like, if you're trying to get a first-round pick still and you're going to go trade Boyan to a contender and we run through the list of contenders, you can go do it too on the ESPN trade machine or any trade NBA trade machine or any of the places. Like, to get $20 million back, you, you have to suddenly be bringing back probably some players that they think are viable, that the other team wants to play. Or you've got to do something like what Miami was rumored to be doing, which is bring back Duncan Robinson, who has three years left on his deal at $17 million, and you're taking a bad contract. And maybe you're getting a pick at that point, though Miami has a lot of their picks out. So you'd get something, but it's not, right? So there, there actually aren't a lot, there weren't a lot of matches once the Laker thing didn't come together. And, and I think that's an important little note on that. The second thing is kind of this boring cap stuff. Dan Clayton does this stuff brilliantly on Twitter and at SLC Dunk, if you want to read it, he does brilliant stuff with this. It's Dan Clayton on Twitter. I think the O on Clayton is a uh, is a uh, zero. You know, we were pretty tapped out one-to-one on any salary movement we could make. We were right up against the luxury tax. In fact, if there were some incentives that various guys hit during the season, we'd be up over the luxury tax. You could have solved that. The Jazz would have been over the luxury tax. They probably could have solved that over time, but it it ends up being, you know, 
the Jazz, according to people I talked to, save about $6 million on this deal. And that's an important flexibility piece for them moving forward. Not very sexy, not very exciting, but really, really important. And then the last one I would say on this deal that I think is important is that Kelly Olenek is viable. And what I mean by that is there is a point where if we're trying to, um, you know, find out about Abaji and, and all these guys and Balmero and Foncecchio and Sexton's development and Markinen and, and we're suddenly into this one, you've, you still have to have a viable roster on the floor. And you still are going to be running, like the NBA has 300 picks a game. Whether it's off ball or on ball, you got to have somebody to set them. Like if we're starting Jared Vanderbilt at center, that's not a great pick combination. And you're not going to suddenly have a lot of guys being able to make plays. And you don't want to suddenly make Foncecchio and Balmero and all these guys have to play one-on-one ISO ball without any offensive sequences and any system at all. Instead, you get a guy like Olenek who can do a ton of dribble handoff stuff, ton of pick and roll stuff. And frankly, you know, was not only viable, but super good in Houston. Was in this situation in Houston and a little bit in Detroit the last two years. And if you go back to the 27 games he played in Houston when he got traded, and they he averaged 19 points, seven, eight rebounds, and four assists a game. Four assists is pretty awesome for a center. He played 31 minutes. And then last year he was beat up a little bit. And I do think there's some people who've told me that they think his body is is fading a little bit um, at 30 years old, which happens in this league. That's not a criticism. That's just what ever happens. Um, but you know, here's a guy who, when he was in a rebuild situation, otherwise he's played on super good teams in Boston and Miami. I think he's been in the playoffs, you know, tremendous amount of times. Um, he, he did really do a wonderful job. Uh, he's by the way, has five playoff series in Boston and six playoff or six playoff series in Miami. Um, and that, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to average 19 points, seven, eight rebounds, and four assists uh, for us, but he might. Like, that's actually, he's capable of that, and that's a nice burden to drop off guys in this process. So he is a viable player. I would suspect he's our starting center. Not good defensively, um, but really a good basketball player. And then the other reports on him is unbelievably good guy. Uh, from the calls I made yesterday. So, cool. All right, so if all those reports are true, we'll see that as that happens. Uh, That has not been officially announced at this point. Darren Williams made a comment that is accurate, important, and false. Huh? Yeah, that's my take on it. And I'll try to set it up for you here in a second. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street. Also located in Logan and in Linden. You're dealing with the Murdoch's 85 plus years in Salt Lake, in Utah. A part of the community leading the way, giving great customer service and making up great um, experiences. Making you have no regrets, as they like to say. And you're dealing with Hyundai, where... All the research I've done, you get the most bells, the most whistles, the most safety features for the best price you can on the market. I've done it twice. I've bought two Santa Fe's. One of those is now in Massachusetts. I have bought the Ionic 5, which is amazing, and we love it, the electric. And then there's the Palisade, which is dreamy, is the big SUV. The smaller ones are the the Kona and the Tucson. It's a great lineup of cars. And the North American car of the year last year was the uh, Elantra, which is the... Uh, affordable sedan by Hyundai. All available at 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Linden. Please feel free to stop by. Uh, And if you're going to, why don't you hit me up? Give me a little uh, bump at dlock09 at gmail.com and I'll set you up with a VIP experience as I did over for somebody in Linden this week with Jake. So dlock09 at gmail.com. Today's show, also our good friend Steve Carter over at Intercap. 
Intercap, the world's changing in the lending world, right? Three quarters of a point increased by the feds the other day. This is actually where you need somebody great. And this is how Intercap uh, has had such amazing success. They get deals done. They're hyper-responsive. They embrace change. They give a great borrower experience. And we have our own personal loan officer for you at Intercap Lending, and that is Steve Carter. You can reach him at 385-885-28. There's no better customer service experience than Steve Carter. He walks you through the whole process. He gets it all done for you. He helps you out, and he gets you the best deal. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465, or visit intercaplending.com. I can set you up on this one as well. Make that connection. DLock09 at gmail.com will connect you to Steve. I've sent our COO there for lockdown. I've done two mortgages with him. He's the best, and right now is a time where you need the best as it's become a bit more complicated. Unfortunately, the world doesn't stop for us. You may still need a loan and need to do things right now and can't wait everything out. So make sure you go jump on with Steve Carter at Intercap Lending. Feel free to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com to give me your thoughts. All right, remember the YouTube question of the day. If you could buy any jazz-worn j- uh, jazz jersey, who would it be? Give me your answers on that or hit me at Twitter at DLock09. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. If you're an NFL fan, we have massive content for you at Locked on NFL on the YouTube channel. I'll put that up there uh, for you. Uh, you can grab all of that going on, uh, whether it's prediction. We take the five t- most TV uh, view TV games, give your predictions on that. We give you the game-to-game preview recaps. We give you Peacock and Williamson. We give you Lockdown NFL. It's all at the Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Also on Lockdown NFL, wherever you get your podcast. so grab that. Here's what Darren Williams had to say. And I want to be clear. I, Darren's, telling, Darren's telling the truth. But I, it's a comment that bugs me because I don't feel like it's put in appropriate context. So Darren said, no one's going to come to Utah. And I know. I'm a really good player at the time, but I know. Number one, I'm a point guard. You don't win championships with just a point guard. You need pieces. We needed other pieces. And I saw the writing on the wall. Nobody is going to come to Utah. Not one person I ever talked to was interested in coming to Utah. It's just the reality. Okay. So this is an important comment for a few reasons, and then it's got to be put into context. So there's, there's layers here. And again, let's be perfectly clear. This is not lock blast Darren. None of that. Because I actually don't think what Darren said is 100% true. So one, there's an era change. After Darren, Dennis Lindsay and Quinn Snyder take over. And with the support of the Miller family, they revamp the practice facility. They make it. We're a million times better in player services through Dennis Lindsay and Quinn Snyder than we ever were with Darren before with Kevin O'Connor and Jerry Sloan. We made a pivot in the organization. Larry was super supportive but he didn't just endlessly spend on player services. If you told him it was going to help him win a championship and he believed it, he would spend. But he wasn't one who was just going to kind of build up the player services the way the Jazz have and are doing an incredible job now for players. So it's a little bit of a different era. Now you take what Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith is, are doing and Justin Zanuck are doing, and it's really, and, it's, and I don't know Will, but I'm guessing, he's, it's really amped up to another level. So the first thing is contextually, this goes back into that bucket of they won't come to Utah, except for the fact that they, this is where part two is not true, is, is they will come to Utah if you pay them more. And this is true for 20 to 22 of the franchises in the NBA. You are not getting free agents unless you pay more than everyone else. Rudy Gay signed with us. Boyan Bogdanovich signed with us. Even Trevor Booker back a little while ago signed with us. You can, Carlos Boozer, Mehmet Okor. Why? Because we offered more money than anyone else did for those players. That's how you sign someone. 
Darren's 100% right. When it's a max player and everybody can offer the same amount of money for that max player, then guess what? They're probably not coming to Utah. That's going to be, that's a, that's a big heave. But then let's put that in context because this is what drives me nuts. They're not going most places. And for whatever reason, Utah gets the stigma. They don't go to Utah. Well, guess what? They're not going to Charlotte. They haven't gone to Detroit other than Greg Monroe, and that didn't work out. They're frankly not going to Washington. And that's a pretty diverse, interesting, unique city, Washington, D.C. They're not going to Indiana. They're not going to Orlando. They're not going to Milwaukee until Giannis came, and they're still not really going to Milwaukee. They're not going to Cleveland. Okay? They weren't going to Boston until Danny got a few to go to Boston. But they weren't. And by the way, they don't actually go to New York other than Jalen frickin' Brunson, and that is not a marquee signing. But when was the last time a free agent signed in New York? They don't go to Memphis. They don't go to Oklahoma City. They're not going to go to San Antonio. They don't go to Sacramento. They don't go to Portland. They don't go to Minnesota. They don't go to Denver. They don't go to New Orleans. So Darren's 100% right. They don't go to Utah, but they don't go to 20 of the 24, 30 franchises. Like, the amount of places that players are yearning to go to to have the experience might be Philadelphia. Eh. Might be Toronto. Eh. Kind of doubt it. They don't want to go over the border. Brooklyn proved it with Kyrie and, and Durant. Miami, no question. Chicago seems to be. Give Chicago the credit. Boston's reached that. Atlanta's an amazing city. And the most active black community in America. So that certainly has a part of that. Phoenix. Everyone says they want to go there. I'm not actually sure that's true. Lakers, certainly. Clippers have certainly gotten to that point. Houston, everybody wants to say there because it's the most one of the most diverse cities in America. I haven't totally seen it. And Dallas, they like to say it, but it's actually not true. They just leave there. But it's Utah that gets hit with this comment all the time. And... There's a, it, it negates to discuss the evolution that Utah's taken since Darren made those comments, which is fine. Darren shouldn't be talking about that, but I'm going to be the one who does it. It negates the fact that 20 to 22 of the 24 of the other franchises don't get anybody either. And it just puts the stigma back on Utah, which we're not innocent of, but we're probably not t- totally deserving of in a unique fashion to the rest of the league. So it kind of bums me out, is really what I'm saying. Where I do think it's an important comment is as you try to grasp why we're doing what we're doing as a franchise, there are three mechanisms by which you acquire talent. Free agency, trades, and the draft. And Darren is right that in free agency, we are limited. We are limited in what can happen in this franchise in Utah. As are all of Charlotte, Detroit, probably Toronto, Indiana, Orlando, Cleveland, Memphis, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Sacramento, Portland, Minnesota, Denver, Dallas, New Orleans. They're all limited. And so since you're limited, so just basically you can get a player if you have more cap space or you can pay him more than any other player. That's how you get a player in those markets. You offer them more money and then they consider coming. But Otherwise, you're not getting free agents when it's all equal. I mean, if you want to solve the small market problem of the NBA, eliminate the max salary. That's the answer, by the way. 
That's 100% the answer. Then you pay Donovan Mitchell $70 million. Nobody else is willing to pay him that, and you can keep him forever. That's the way you do it. That You get rid of the max salary, we'll, sm- we'll solve the small market problem. And then you actually really have GMs who have to work and figure out what the right price for everything is. But my point on this is, this is why you compile draft picks and trade assets. is because you can't play the free agent game unless you have more money. And so Darren's comment, while I do, does bother me, and I explained why, is accurate and important in the sense of, like, well, why wouldn't, when someone says, why are the Jazz doing what they're doing? This is why. Is as you try to win a championship, you are going to have to do it through trades and drafting and draft assets. You're not going to be able to do it through free agency the way the Clippers or the Lakers or somebody else is going to try to be an NBA title winner. Okay? So that's. That hopefully makes some sense to you. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.net. Cleveland Browns cover last night. Oh my gosh, what a crazy play. Uh, Betonline.net has all of your odds, news, scores, all the latest information you might need. They've got a bunch of fun stuff on the NBA right now. they got the NFL if you're playing Survivor. I think you probably have to have your pick in, but it was an interesting week on Survivor. I love Survivor. Um, super interesting week on Survivor because the biggest favorites are road teams. Cincinnati playing the New York Jets. Um, I think Buffalo against Miami was one. And Philadelphia in Washington. Those are always like interesting. Are you willing to go to the road favorite in your survivor pools? I would go Chargers at Jacksonville if you haven't already used the Chargers. They also got a bunch of NBA uh, futures up. We have going on right now at Bet Online the top 50 NBA players that move the betting lines. They have uh, up the MVP. Luca is the favorite to win MVP. Um, be interesting to see like who. Um, I don't know. Jason Tatum gets kind of an interesting um, player for me at 1,200, by the way, on MVP. John Morant at 1,200 as well. Those two could really catch the narrative. Luka's at plus 450. Giannis at plus 600. Joel Embiid at plus 800, who's knocked on the door a few times. It's all at betonline.net. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Rocket. And all the exciting things they have going over. Truebill, which used to be Rocket, uh, which we've talked about a lot as an app I really, really like, has changed um, and has got purchased by Rocket and is now called Rocket Money. And it does great things for you. First, it monitors all your subscriptions for you. So if you tried to cancel something, it didn't work, or you're getting hit, 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. And Rocket Money is going to follow you, uh, follow that and save you that money. I've got a bunch of things i got to go check. The app shows you all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want. Rocket Money. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. It seriously could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. I also share, I use it and it does good stuff just kind of <clears throat> on how your whole uh, money's going in and out and follows a lot of stuff for you there. So kind of like that. All right, a few notes before we wrap today. Thanks for all the comments in the YouTube section on the Jazz Jersey. Um, kind of fun conversation. We'll check in on that. Training camp opens. Monday, media day, I have to be there at 7 a.m., so I doubt I'll have a pre-training camp episode out, unless I might do it Sunday, um, because I'd like to get back to five days a week next week for you. Uh, Cody Zeller's signing to me is a little interesting. We'll see now with Kelly Olenek. But what I do think is important about this is this kind of 
transition we're going to get out of centers, where I think we're moving into a new era, where we were spending $30 million a year on, a, on a, the best center, one of the best three centers in the world. And I think you're going to see this as a position you don't spend on. I mean, we actually at one point had and $9 million in our backup. There's a real feeling around the NBA that this might be a position you don't spend on. And so Cody Zeller is actually really interesting. He sets great picks, moves the ball. If you actually look at his plus minus, he's uh, other than one year uh, in the 1920 season, he was a plus minus marvel. Um, his team was way has been way better every year he's been on the floor other than his rookie year in that one year. Um, and his body seems to have broken down a little bit. 27 games last year in Portland, 48, 58, 49, 33, 62. He's the fourth pick of the draft. They had a lot of hopes that he could play kind of in the middle of the floor and play make and do things like that. A lot of scouts thought that didn't really happen, um, but he's a viable, good, <clears throat> winning player. And you suddenly can get that for a million dollars, you know, uh, as a base level last year, he made two in Portland. And <clears throat> this is where you suddenly do different roster allocation. And we may be moving into the world now where we're suddenly the kind of team that is doing this type of, instead of paying a lot of money for your center, you're actually paying a lot of money for your other positions and your center becomes kind of a rotating position and gives you roster flexibility and then roster flexibility in how you use your center. Um, as we hit camp, I, I think this is going to be really, really interesting on what the storylines are. Uh, obviously, Will Hardy's going to be a massive storyline. And then I think they're going to evolve. You know, things are going to happen. When we're in Edmonton and we play our first game and somebody does some things, that storyline's going to suddenly kick in. And then, you know, how Abaji fits in. Or is, does Palmero suddenly find a shot? Or does Foncecchio do something? And, and I, I think it's going to be a super interesting next month because... Uh, as we try to kind of get tactile and understand what this roster is, I think it could evolve a great deal and the storylines could evolve um, a great deal. I'm excited to meet a lot of these guys. I don't know many of them, so it's going to be really interesting to get to know them and share with you who they are and what they're like and, and all of that. And uh, it's going to be a fun next month. And then we get, get rolling actually in about, you know, a little less than 24 days uh, with regular season basketball. And we will see if the jazz have any more moves to be made uh, between now and then this is locked on jazz, your team every day, part of the lockdown podcast network for your second. Listen, go listen to locked on NBA big board. Thanks very much.